0: We'll
1: Time for headlines, news, and everything pertinent to the Cincinnati Bengals, the AFC North, and the NFL because training camps are opening. I'm Anthony Kazenza, part of this show we call the Orange and Black Insider. Uh, might be joined by another guest host here in a little bit. Don't know for sure. We'll see what happens there, but I'm Anthony Kazenza. Happy to have you with us, whether you're joining us live or after the fact. Appreciate you tuning in. To this show and all of the shows on the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel, I know there's a lot of great podcasts out there, a lot of great Bengals shows out there. We appreciate you hopefully making us your go-to show, and if not, at least putting us in the rotation. We appreciate it. We're going to get to a lot of different headlines. There's a lot of different stuff as the Bengals have started to take the field for training camp. Uh, the, it's, it's kind of more walkthroughs and drills and that sort of thing at this point in time, but obviously as guys report there's a lot of different news and oh boy is there some talk about some contracts with the stars this continuing ongoing saga with the contract extensions for joe burrow t higgins and others we're going to share a lot of different stuff on the screen for you so hopefully if you like the video side of things you uh give us a subscribe on the youtube channel down below on this side here right down there by the cincy jungle icon our show icon is there so click that then click subscribe click the bell to be notified when we go live when new content is available give this video and other videos we've got out there that you do like give them a thumbs up if you would you also got to give a thumbs up to the cincy jungle facebook page we stream live i i want to say twitter i don't know if i can call it twitter anymore right it's x i guess now uh so we stream live there on various accounts we stream live on the other accounts but if you can't catch those live I know our schedule's a little, a little varied, but if you can't catch our streams live, then go ahead, catch them after the fact on the video side or subscribe through your favorite podcast channel, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. We are on all of them. Leave us a review if you could. We greatly appreciate it. Okay, so where do we want to start? How about we start with some positive stuff? Because we always like to start the It's Monday. Not everybody's, you know, not everybody's feeling it. Not everybody's back with it here. So, let's let's go here and this is from the incomparable Kay Adams. If you have not seen this on Twitter and her show on FanDuel TV, she had PFF headman, former Bengals wide receiver and NBC color analyst Chris Collinsworth on her show. Here is the video. Hopefully, you will be able to hear it. But I, I won't play the whole, you know, she's got a minute fifty one on here. I won't play the whole thing, but you'll get the vibe from Chris Collinsworth. He thinks the Bengals and Joe Burrow in particular, are in store for a very, very special year. Joe Burrow
2: is is has a chance to do it all this year. and I, and and let me just tell you why. the last two years he's been phenomenal, okay? He's been phenomenal. And each year, two years ago, he was coming off a really bad knee injury, and nobody knew if he was even going to be able to make it, right? So they start off a little slow, whatever. Last year he comes off the appendectomy. And nobody thinks anything of it. And here they come at the end of the season. And they're they're in the Super Bowl one year, and they're within a whisper a couple of plays away from beating Kansas City and going back to the Super Bowl. So uh, Honestly, my pick to win the Super Bowl, even though it's it's stupid to say it, is the Bengals. What I should pick is Philadelphia. <laughs> what I should pick is Philadelphia because they've got the easier path, right? Philadelphia, Dallas, San yeah. Francisco. Take your pick.
1: That's the- okay. So that's just a um, a taste. That's about half the video. But when when Collinsworth also said the Bengals you know or joe burrow getting it all or you know what the verbiage he used about all uh this year i think he also means of course league mvp you know constant awards that sort of thing this seems to be based on maturity development the hits on a lot of different draft picks yes there are some question marks on this team Based on free agency attrition and based on, hey, you know, are our, our players like Zachary Carter and others on the defensive line going to step up? How's that offensive line going to hold up overall? Right tackle? Everything. There are some questions, but the questions are really minimalized comparative to the last couple of off seasons, right? I mean, these guys have been here now for the most part. Um, you've got you do have questions at safety and you've got some young guys that have to step up. But this team seems primed for yet another deep run. And they probably will be at least somewhat of an in vogue pick this year to go back to the Super Bowl, win it all. And Chris Collinsworth was a guy who, here's a guy, right? Isn't that that a saying? Um, Chris Collinsworth is always, he has not been shy about criticizing the Bengals and or being objective in the booth when he needs to be. But he has also recognized greatness. He has also recognized how good this team has been the past couple of years Hence, why he's saying what he is saying in this clip here on uh, with, with uh, Kay Adams. So um, go check out that entire clip. It's about two minutes long. I think it played about 30, 40 seconds of it. Uh, and obviously, go check out Kay Adams' show on FanDuel TV. She has a lot of great guests, and she is highly, highly entertaining, near and dear to Bangledom's heart because of her attachment to the team in their Super Bowl run a couple of years ago and since, really, since, really. So we'll keep it rolling, though. Uh, the, the vibes are good. And real quick, a lot of I, I see a lot of our, our buddies, a lot of Bengals fans made it to this guy's birthday party. And that is Mr. Joe Mixon, who had one of those, uh, what was it, an uh, all white or whiteout party or whatever you call it, um, similar to the one that I guess Joe Burrow went to over July 4th or Memorial Day, whatever it is here. You can see here, happy birthday, Jodine. And that is officially as of this morning. Happy birthday, Joe Mixon yeah he's got a new contract maybe not the one he was envisioning but hey he's he's with the team he's still making uh good money and a lot of his contemporaries of that position can't say the same at this point in time we'll talk more about that in a little bit but happy birthday Joe Mixon a valuable member of the Cincinnati Bengals locker room leader and hopefully he is primed for a big big year coming up for the Cincinnati Bengals because hey they, they, they take that they would like that uh getting back to hey you know, he had, he had some nice games, obviously last year, the five touchdown game. I mean, he had some really nice games last year, missed a little bit of time. P Ryan stepped in and played nicely, but Mixon in 21, he had, you know, he was great from multiple facets uh, and, and, you know, basically was a pro bowl back, obviously didn't go to it because of the super bowl. So if they can get that kind of production again out of him and then, su- you know, supplement him well with Travion Williams and Chase Brown, that's a win right there, but happy birthday, Joe Mixon. You, you, Hopefully you had a great, great day and it looks like a lot of Bengals fans and a lot of others had had a great time at the party. I think it was last night. Uh, So if you went there, definitely share some pics and stories with us if you were if you went there. Um, All right. This is just another, you know, hey, let's just gush over Joe Burrow real quick. I found this. I think it was late last night. Matt Bowen, who does a lot of film breakdown here, uh, obviously former NFL safety, just talking about he's, you know, went through Joe Burrow's throws versus pressure on 22 tape pocket mobility slash movement best in the league. Now, obviously people are going to say, well, you know, what about, what about Mahomes? What about Lamar Jackson? This is a nuance and this is a great play, by the way, in case you can't see that. But um, I mean, it's a nuanced statement, pocket mobility and movement in the pocket. You know, I think, I think the other, you know, the other guys I mentioned are more, you know, hey, what do they do outside of the pocket? What do they do further down the line when the play continues to break down further and further and further, as opposed to what you saw in that film right there. Um, but I mean, Joe just dances around, arms grabbing at his ankles, right? I mean, he's just dancing around that pocket. We've seen it time and time again. We saw it from him briefly as a rookie. We saw it from him a lot the following year and then even more so this next year and obviously he is a magician back there not so much you know i mean he runs we know he's mobile and we've got a clip about that too that's kind of entertaining that'll be coming up here in just a little bit but he runs he's mobile we know that but really what this what again what bowen is talking about there is the mobility in the pocket the ability to be elusive while maintaining his stance in a pocket or recreating a pocket instead of you know, going way outside the tackles and, and doing something different or, you know, tucking and running type of thing. Um, and those guys, too, that I mentioned Mahomes, uh, Herbert does it. Lamar Jackson does it. I mean, they, they do great stuff in the pocket as well. But again, it's just a next level type of thing as Matt Bowen pointed out with Joe Burrow. And I thought that even though it's just a small little clip there, I wanted to share that with you. It's, it was in case you were listening to the audio side later on, it was against the Ravens where he is dancing around guys, just diving at his ankles, diving at his feet and uh, throws a ball a, kind of across the field a little bit to, to Tyler Boyd there for a nice game, but some relatively big news coming across here this Monday. And this is from Bengals.com. We like to, promote our Cincy Jungle site and articles when we can. But hey, we're going to give it's direct from the source, bangles.com. Bangles re-sign, and he is the title image guy of this episode here, Mitchell Wilcox. a Guy who's kind of made some, you know, incremental steps in his career since joining them as an undrafted free agent out of uh, uh, South Florida there. And he is a guy that, look, the Bangles were looking to add to their tight end group in some form or fashion. I kind of felt like, you know, maybe this... The, the Wilcox boat had sailed because it, they had waited so long to, to bring him back here. But I, I kind of felt like maybe this was a final cut. And maybe there still is you know, a, a waiver wire scouring of after final cuts or late cuts this summer. The Bengals have been known to do that. Zach Taylor has done that. They did that with Devin Ossi just last year at this position group. So I thought maybe that was maybe where they were going to go later on. They still might do that. But the Bengals bring back a trusted guy. He's going to be down the pecking order in the tight end group, but now, you know, he's your TE3, TE4. Um, you, you have here the, um, him coming back six foot four to fourth year player and uh, 30, 31 career games, 20 passes, one fifty five, and one touchdown uh, reception for Mitchell Wilcox, a guy who also is valuable on special teams, but they did place Mitchell Wilcox on the, Uh, he's on the active but physically unable to perform list so he is on the pup list upon re-signing here so obviously the Bengals are going to monitor that they're going to re, you know get him through the rehab process and everything and then once he's ready to practice they will take him off that pup list put him on the active roster and and off we go but uh, Mitchell Wilcox a guy again you know uh, the Bengals love the and forgive the term, devils you know, the devils they know, than the devils they don't, right? So that's why guys like Wilcox, that's why Drew Sample are back in the fold. Not only because the offensive coordinator, Brian Callahan and, and Zach Taylor, head coach, trust these guys, but also they do some stuff on special teams. And Darren Simmons probably has some sway in this regard here as well. So that's a guy that they want to they bring back here. But And they did. So Mitchell Wilcox back with the Bengals. And is on the pup list to uh, start the season. Okay, keeping on, keeping on. Let's go. This is from our our guy Drew Garrison writing this up on Cincy Jungle. The Bengals, and I'll I'll kind of breeze through the actual article a little bit. No offense, Drew. Love you, buddy. but because there is an Associated, and I'll I'll give you the uh, I'll give you guys the link in the live chat here. But there is an Associated video. I don't want to play the whole video. But it's worth noting some quotes from Mike Brown, who sat down with uh, media members today as of Monday. Um, Here you go right here. This is via Jay Morrison, who is now at his new post at the uh, Pro Football Network. Mike Brown on Borough Negotiations. I have bound myself not to talk about Joe's contract. The other side has done the same. I don't want to break that. Of course, Mike Brown, a loyal guy, man of his word. And, uh, you know, obviously Burrow's not holding out because of the contract. He is at practice. He's doing the drills and everything like that. Same thing with OTAs. He's doing his deal and being a leader. Um, and here is from Caleb Noe. Uh, Duke Tobin asked about was asked about Joe Burrow's contract negotiations. He says he has no update. He doesn't want to go play for play with details publicly. So they are keeping this very close to the vest. Now, before I play this clip in just a second here, you have to understand that, yes, they want to keep this obviously close to the vest. This is, you know, this is kind of sensitive stuff, right? I mean, it's, it's a lot of money. It's a franchise player, one of the best in the league. I mean, it, there's a lot going on here, right? So obviously both sides want to respect that. You also have the report from, uh, I think it was Jeremy Fowler of ESPN who covers the Steelers in the AFC North. He reported not too long ago that, Burrow may be waiting out the Herbert contract negotiations to get the absolute clearest picture of, you know, the top new young quarterbacks and their contracts. So he has all of the numbers and then obviously continues to surpass them and kind of becomes that, you know, new highest paid guy or whatever that whatever that case may be. We don't know that for a fact, but that was a report given out by Jeremy Fowler not too long ago that Burrow is kind of waiting out that situation. We'll see if that that comes to pass. But I want to play this, and this is credit to—is uh, it this one or is it this one right here? Um, Joe Daneman of Fox 19. Um, so he had. Uh, let's see here. My, let me let me pin this up, and we'll play it. Mike Brown talking, um, and this is one of many clips that are out there. There are a lot of great, great clips today that are out there based on this contract talk and this is again from mike brown and and i got some thoughts on this in just a second but here you go again deflected the joe burrow con. it's a minute 43 so i'm not going to play the whole thing i want you to go check out the clip from from joe Danneman himself but he did put this out there and i do think it is um worth noting well that's
2: the issue isn't it uh, think of the cap as a pie and uh, Once you take out one piece, there's less left for the next guy. And it just is obvious that uh, when all teams are essentially paying the same thing, we're all paying up to the cap, no more, just that amount. And, pardon me, uh, it it, um, uh, is hard to fit everybody in it's impossible to fit everybody in at the rate they wish they could be paid so you lose some guys every year there's attrition Uh, you try to work around it we have done that for a few years now but it's uh free agency in the draft uh re-signing guys trying okay so you can go check out the rest of the clip there uh look
1: mike brown again was not going to Give a lot of info. Give a lot of intel on things. I'm going to say a couple of things with this, though. Um, look, people hear and read these quotes and are likely to panic, right? I mean, they're going to they're going to take this and they're going to run with it and they're going to say, "Oh man, that means he that means he's saying they're not going to be able to keep all these guys that they've been trying to." No, I, I don't believe that that's what's being said here. Personally, I have seen a lot from this team over the years. I have seen the changes that have come the last few years. There are things that remain, and I have said this a number of times on this show, on my contemporary show, my my peer shows, all that stuff when I've done appearances. There are positions. Number number one, there are now other people's voices in the room with Mike Brown, right? Elizabeth Blackburn, Katie Blackburn, Troy Blackburn, Duke Tobin that are saying, hey, these are the guys we're keeping. These are the guys we got to keep around, that sort of thing, right? Additionally, the other element that goes with this is that if you look historically through the bad years of the Cincinnati Bengals, through the pretty good ones of Carson Palmer, Chad Johnson, through the other that other pretty good stretch with Andy Dalton and, and A.J. Green, this team pays their quality skill position players well, and they find ways to do it. And they keep multiple at a same time. They did it with tact. You go back to the middle, the mid-2000s. They paid Chad. They paid TJ. They paid Carson. They paid Whitworth. They paid uh, Levi Jones. They paid Willie Anderson. I mean, they paid these guys. They paid them. And they paid them big contracts. They paid Rudy Johnson. Uh, I mean, you go you go to the next group. Andy Dalton got a big contract. AJ Green got it. They pay guys. And they pay multiple guys. So this narrative that, that is existing it isn't, isn't true. is isn't necessarily true. Now, Mike Brown also mentioned attrition and you, you roll with the punches and you try and sign as many guys you can, that sort of thing. I don't necessarily believe he is pointing to Burrow, Higgins, eventually chase Logan Wilson, that sort of thing. I think he actually may be pointing to some of the guys that left already in free agency this year, Jesse Bates, Von Bell, Hayden Hurst. I, I mean, I, I think that's more, and that's just my opinion here, but I, I think that's more who he's pointing to about attrition. Now, will it be very difficult to keep Burrow, Higgins, Chase, Logan Wilson? Yes. Yes, it will. Particularly with where the linebacker market is, it's all over the map. And then you basically have two number ones in Higgins and Chase, and they're going to want to be paid like that. And then you've got a franchise quarterback. So you have a problem, but in some ways it's a good problem on your hands because you got a lot of talented guys you want to keep around and, and pay. So I, I, I exactly Tom Brooks right here echoing my sentence, sentiments right here. I think he was It's it's the guy. I think it's more the guys that they lost this year. Now I wasn't unfortunately in that room um, speaking with him and and getting the you know the, the absolute vibe there. But in seeing that, that's kind of my takeaway. Go check out uh, Joe Daneman from Fox nineteen his clip there. From Mike Brown, there are others. I think Olivia Ray has a good clip out there. Jay Morrison has some clips. I'm sure I didn't didn't catch all of them, but I'm sure all the great, great beat writers for the Bengals have takes on that. I saw uh, Kelsey Conway put out some tweets as well. So go check all of those out. That's just my takeaway so far. I know people are ready to jump off the edge, especially when it comes from Mike Brown and there's money talk and, oh, it's difficult to keep these guys, but you got to keep things into perspective and you have to also look at it from an alternative reality as well. Um, And I think there are other players involved in these talks to be able to get these types of things done. We'll see what happens.
3: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. that might put them at a disadvantage in the future and right now hits the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
1: We're going to keep rolling on though. Great stuff from Joe Dannemann and many, many others out there covering the Cincinnati Bengals. But Bottom line, they're they're mum's the word on the Burrow contract. That is for sure what's happening there. So um, speaking of Burrow, we already had, you know, Collinsworth gush about him. We had Matt Bowen gush about him. Would you believe that a former division rival gushed about him? And this is from, uh, relayed from, I think this is on his podcast, but this is relayed from that podcast by at WN, WDN today. And this is Ben Roethlisberger. I don't know if you saw this clip. This is Ben Roethlisberger gushing about um, Joe Burrow. And I mean, it's a little bit of player speak, but hey, I mean, for a guy that has not been in the best graces of the Cincinnati Bengals over the years, uh, check out what he had to say about, about Burrow
4: to sit there and actually watch Joe, Joe is one of the elites in the league. Mm. Like, like he is, he's good. His pocket presence. He can move. He can, he can run enough. You know, he's, he's a sneaky, good runner. Great decision maker, great throws. And then, you know, he got hurt too. So you're like, okay, how's he going to come off the knee? I, I'm telling you what I really like, I I don't think it's too long. So he's in MVP like talks. Mm. I really believe that. Um, and so I, I, I just I can't say enough about Joe, and I, it hurts me to say that about a division opponent, but I'm not in the division anymore, so it doesn't <laughs> matter.
1: So go check out uh, at WDN today on I want to say Twitter, but I guess it's X. I keep I keep uh, I gotta make that transition on X. You got to check that out. Uh, they relay a lot of cool Bengals news and stuff there through their social media. I think they're on TikTok and and uh, Instagram and everything like that. But that is some really really high praise. For I, I, hey. I know a lot of people love to hate on, on big Ben and for, you know, sometimes good reasons, sometimes not good reasons, whatever. But at the end, he's like, Hey, I hate to give credit to a division. You heard what he said at the end there. Hate to give credit to a division rival, but Hey, I'm not in the division anymore technically. So whatever. Uh, And he kind of laughs it off a little bit. I thought that was an entertaining clip and go check out uh, also, obviously also want to credit, you know, the the people that are relaying this kind of stuff. We just, we relay a lot of it or we write up our own kind of stuff on on Cincy Jungle and on, obviously on this podcast and whatnot. But when other people are putting out quality stuff and stuff that we fish for to bring you news and tidbits and all of that, we want to credit them. Uh, so WDN, I think it, I think it stands for Houday Nation today uh, at WDN today. So go check them out. All right. Well, I, I mentioned this earlier. Uh, with Wilcox and his roster designation as he re-signed with the Cincinnati Bengals. There are a couple of others, and this is pretty predictable. This is what I've been saying for a long time. I I wasn't as sure about it with Chidobi Wuzi because he has looked amazing in rehab drills and all kinds of different stuff, uh, you know, throughout the the spring and the summer. But Collins, I was pretty sure because – Number one, he's his injury occurred way later in the season than did wouzier's Number two, I think it was more significant, and number three, he's just a bigger guy, and sometimes that takes on um, some that takes you know that that takes extra time for a player here. So let's you know here's here's the here's the news here, and I'm I think I pinned it in the live chat. If I didn't, I'll repin it for you, but. Bengals placed Shadobi Wuzie Lael Collins, and Devin Cochran on Pup List. And here, I mean, uh, pretty cut and dry. Now, Bengals fans are some of the most well-educated and football-savvy people out there. So I just want to put this out there, obviously. And this, I think we all learned this regardless of what age we were. I think we all learned this the hard way with the uh, – what was it, the – Antonio Bryant situation uh, about 15 years ago with the Cincinnati Bengals, but essentially you have them on the pup list. And then when you take them off and they're practicing, they are obviously no longer able to be on the pup list. And then you got to have roster designations for these guys. So the Bengals are obviously going easy with a woozy and Collins. And of course, Devin Cochran um, on there as well, but uh, yeah. So, I I tend to think, again, because of the timeline of the injury and, and the other factors I mentioned, I tend to think that wouzier will come off of the pup list sooner than Collins. When that is, I don't know. So now, you know, you've got D.J. Turner having to step up in a bigger role. We knew that was going to happen, potentially Sidney Jones. We talked about that with his um, – when, when we talked about him potentially being a breakout player of sorts on this show, we knew that, he, you know, this was going to kind of be the thing that – Ouzier was going to be a guy that was going to have to sit out at least this first part. Is he going to be ready week one? Don't know. Is he going to be ready week two? Don't know. He could be off of the pup list at that point, but the Bengals sit him for a game or two. So we'll, we'll see here. Obviously you read here, the hope is that he will be ready for, for week one. You know, obviously if he's going to be ready for week one, you want him to be at, uh, you know, as close to full strength and game condition as possible. Um, and it, or it could be, if he is ready for week one, maybe he's kind of taking a lighter load of snaps, right? I mean, uh, you, that's why the Bengals went heavier at, at defensive back and, and cornerback in this year's class. So we'll see what happens, um, with, uh, with, with Cheeto, um, and Leal may have to be, um, Lael may have to be a guy that they rely on a little bit later in the season, right? I mean, whether there's, if there's injuries, Jonah, Jonah Williams very well may take over that right tackle spot and actually thrive. And that's the hope obviously, but he has had injury issues, right? Uh, You know, Lael Collins has had a, a history in the NFL at playing left guard. If there's an issue with Cordell Volson at some point injury or something, you know, I mean, you could, This he's kind of a valuable guy to have, even though he's recovering from this injury right now. And uh, so we'll see, we'll see what happens with these guys going forward, but the Bengals uh, have them on the right track, wisely putting them on the pup list going forward. Um, I think we're going to transition a little bit into the, let's see where, let, let's, let's do some AFC North stuff. And what we're gonna do, just on this show, we're gonna talk. We're gonna bring in some other AFC North people that cover the Ravens, cover the Browns, you know, cover the Steelers to give us some inside perspective. Look at their draft classes and see how the training camp is evolving. So that's one of the things we're looking to do um, with with a lot of different guests. So we're gonna bring on some guests there. Hopefully, some other really cool guests that you know cover the Bengals and and other places there. So we will. Uh, We'll we'll bring all that for you. All right, let's go. Baltimore Ravens. This is from com, And, of course, their big addition. And a lot of people are thinking, you know, that this guy, despite being a little bit up there in age and despite coming off some injuries, that this guy is going to be the difference maker this year for the Baltimore Ravens. And that is Odell Beckham Jr., of course. And this is from an article on dot com. Training camp has been a, quote, long time in the making for Odell Beckham Jr. Um, and so he's on a, quote, slow incline this offseason. Um, and so he's talking about participating in a, in a training camp is a benchmark for how far he's come since tearing his ACL more than 17 months ago in Super Bowl I don't even want to talk about that Super Bowl because we know the outcome there. But, uh, yes, he did suffer the ACL tear in that game. He says, quote, I'm excited. I'm excited. It's been a long time having to sit out and watch other people and not get to play. I've been waiting for this moment for a long time. I think I've always been like this, always looking to be motivated, looking to be great. So I think at the end of the day, my story will be about resiliency and just being able to bounce back time after time. Time will tell. If Odell Beckham Jr. will be the difference maker, and/or will be the guy that we saw closer to the outstanding rookie and young player with the New York Giants, or if he's kind of going to be the guy that's a you know Father Time's catching up a little bit to him, and/or the injuries are catching up to him, um, obviously you know I, I think the Ravens have plans for him, and he, he will have a, a modicum of success and a level of. Uh, contributions to their team. It's just a matter of, hey, you know, how high are those contributions going to be? I know the Ravens are hopeful that he's going to have high contributions, but uh, we'll have to see. He's been, as he said, quote, on a slow incline back from that knee injury. All right, and the Baltimore Ravens always looking for the hybrid linebackers, guys who have been veterans in this league and had success, and here they go bringing in. For a visit, Kyle Van Noy, a guy who recently had a couple of good seasons. I can't remember precisely what happened with him in the Chargers, with the Chargers last year. I don't think it was as um, – yeah, he's 32 years old. How, how did he do last year? Uh, let's see. I saw this on here. He had five sacks last year. Uh, but it was it was the year that he had actually with uh, – Marion Hobby, I believe, the defensive line coach with the Dolphins, he had an outstanding year with Miami a couple of years ago, um, and, and so the, you know that's kind of where where he's exploded. There, he is up there in age, but a guy that they feel can come in potentially and fill the role that he that this team always seems to need. I mean they they always bring in these rotational hybrid players, and so um, I thought I put that on there for you, uh, the Baltimore Ravens. But anyway. Go check out, that's from Baltimore Beatdown, by the way, at the Ravens SB Nation site. Talking about Kyle Van Noy coming in for a visit. We're going to be here just a little bit longer, but I do want to bring in, better late than never, uh, a guest co-host. You've seen him on the 3 and Out podcast or heard him on the 3 and Out podcast with Kevin Brown on our show, on our channel, the Orange and Black Insider channel, as well as on the Cincy Jungle podcast channel, Mr. Jason Garrison coming in. Like a champ, he said, "Hey, I can't do it." Now he says he can. Welcome in, man. How
4: are you? Hey, I'm I'm sleeping on the couch tonight, but you know, talking things. Oh, war- no, I'm joking. Did, I'm did. joking.
1: Oh, I, doing, I, I I don't want to make that happen. <laughs> good
4: God. No, I'm good. Hey, I appreciate you asking me to come on. I, I, yeah, thanks for having me.
1: You are fresh off of a couple of nice family trips, my friend. Are you rested? Are you ready for training camp? You timed it well.
4: No, I'm not, I'm not rested. I took (laughs) vacation. I took vacation with two kids under, under, you know, that they can't really entertain themselves. So I'm not rested, but I am ready for training camp. I'm very excited.
1: Uh, Have you ever seen the movie black sheep with, uh, of course, the late great Chris Farley. There's a, there's a, there's an image, I think is a meme that was created of him where he just, I think it was shortly after he, in the movie, took a tumble down the mountain. So his hair is all whatever. And his you know, his jacket's all messed up and he's dirty. And the meme is, you know, uh, you know me as a parent coming back from vacation oh, with with kids so yep. I, yeah i feel you i feel you. all right
4: so yep. just to catch you up uh, have, you, have
1: you been keeping up with i some just
4: of the stuff that I've- i just clocked off man i haven't been able to do anything i'm okay. sorry all
1: right no, don't <laughs> worry about it i just just to rehash and we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit more afc north news and a little bit a little bit in nfl news and then we're gonna we're gonna get out of here but just to just to rehash have you heard or listen to the comments by Mike Brown about the contract situation with Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, et cetera. Have you, have you heard or read about that? So yes, far? I have. Okay. Yes. Okay. Have you heard the actual words out of, <laughs> out of his mouth? I don't know. If, I don't know if you've heard him t- yeah, talk I, about it.
4: I, I listened to it. Uh, I, or I listened to on Twitter. I listened to his, that segment basically talking about how he'd like to keep everyone together and they don't want to lose people. I, I, yeah, I, I heard my
1: sentiment because there are, there's going to be a contingent of fan that says there's Mike Brown. He's not going to pay everybody. That's what he's talking about. I, I said this a little bit ago and I feel free to disagree with me if you think otherwise, but I said, because he says, there's going to be attrition. There's going to be X, Y, and Z that occur when you try and make these contracts work. I said, I feel like the attrition that he's pointing to is not losing these guys the Chase the Higgins Burrow that's right I right. think it's already happened I think he's talking about Bell and Bates and and some of these guys that they Hayden Hurst and others that they lost sure. already this year and that's maybe more pointing to I mean we like those guys but we got to keep those 3 plus Logan Wilson potentially together
4: yeah I, I totally agree with you. I don't think it points in any way, shape, or form that he's saying get ready to lose Higgins or Chase or both. Or I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, I I think it could be that he was talking about Bell, and I could see you know DJ Reader is going to be a free agent after this year. I could see yep. them moving on from D- which would suck because he's been amazing. Um, but I could see you know DJ Reader Chidobe Awuzie is going to be a free agent where they're saying you know they're going to lose these guys, and that's I I get it. I I I get that. I don't know if they'll be able to keep Higgins. Um, I absolutely 100% believe that they will extend Burrow before the season starts. I I don't think that there's any question in my mind that that will happen. Right. Um, You know, Chase next. I think I I I think that they'll be able to extend Chase. I don't know about Higgins. I'd love to see all three of them be kept together. but, uh, yeah, I don't think he's warning people that they won't be I don't I think it's more coach speak out of it that's well this way he doesn't he's not gonna overextend himself he's like a doctor. yeah, you're gonna be just fine and then you're not you know what I mean like he's he's just saying using the just not making any promises that he won't that he possibly wouldn't be able to keep. he's just coach speak I'm not gonna give up too much you know it's yeah, all yeah, it is. yeah um,
1: okay so quickly. The the big one of the big pieces of news, aside from kind of public designations and all that kind of stuff uh, recently is the Mitchell Wilcox resigning mm-hmm. with the Bengals. And I kind of thought that, you know, maybe the Bengals, I mean, they've got prior to him coming to the team, they had Irv Smith, Drew Sample, Devin Asiasi was is still there. Tanner Hudson, like Nick Bowers and uh, was a Christian Trahan, I think are all tight ends on the roster right now. Right, I I kind of feel like I felt like before the signing that the Bengals were maybe going to go you know waiver wire scour for a late cut like they did with Ossie, Ossie last year, mm-hmm. and then and then they bring in Wilcox here because I thought that that ship had kind of sailed. Do you still see? Do you still think that that is something they look at, or do you think that they are likely to keep you know three or four, and that's going to be Irv Smith, Drew Sample, Ossie, Ossie and or Wilcox?
4: Well, I, I know that they said that they put Wilcox on the pup list. I'm not really sure right. what his injury is. I don't I don't know. Do you know?
1: Uh, I I I mean I've, it happened a while ago, so I gotta I yeah. Gotta, I'm looking it up. Here I don't really
4: know what his what his health status is. Um, I think they're all in on Irv Smith Jr. I think that they're you know I think they think that he can be everything that C.J. Uzoma or that Hayden Hurst was, and maybe more as a re- especially as a receiver. Um, Drew Sample, you know, I think he's a fine backup. He'll be okay. He's an extra blocker. You know, he'll contribute occasionally, uh, uh, you know, as a, as a pass catcher. Same with Ozzy, But I, th- I don't think that they're going to be looking, especially now they've brought Wilcox back. And if he's healthy enough to go in the regular season, I don't think that they're going to be looking to bring any other tight ends. And I think they're pretty happy with the roster the way it is. I, you know, maybe some, as far as like positions they're looking with, with late cuts and stuff like that, I could possibly see some defensive line and stuff, but I think tight end is probably on low on their list of priorities. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, we're going to, we're going to get back. If you're okay with those are kind of the major things. A lot of it, a lot of the others were some clips I played of people gushing about Joe Burrow and all kinds of stuff, uh, some prominent people, but we're going to get back to some AFC North stuff here. Um, And let's, let's roll with the Cleveland Browns. And this is from clevelandbrowns.com. And this is an interesting article here. Marquise Goodwin's recovery. And this is from Doc Lou Allen. Marquise Goodwin's recovery is, quote, inspirational for Amari Cooper and Brown's teammates. I I, I bring this up and I'll I'll talk about some quotes. I bring this up because I think there's kind of some moves that have flown under the radar a little bit by the Browns um, and and how they've kind of rebuilt things from, from last year. But He was sidelined uh, with blood clots, um, Mm -hmm. the the Browns announced Friday. And then um, the quote here from Kevin Stefanski is, it's very scary, and right away you worry about Marquise and his health. All of it remains to be seen from a health standpoint of when he is ready to go. In the meantime, we're supporting him, and he is listening to doctors. Um, So, you know, it's very inspirational, said Cooper. We're used to adversity in the ebbs and flows. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of people are hiring Cooper, rightfully so good route runner, mm-hmm. and then you've got good here. Hopefully this situation remedies itself and he comes back and, you know, he's he's healthy and ready to go. But there are still some key players. They've got, Ch- they've got Chubb, they've got, you know, Miles Garrett, and they've got a, a still a good offensive line. Um, they've, they've sprinkled in some players, I think it was it Darius Smith was it was an addition mm-hmm. as well. So, I mean, they've, they've sprinkled in some players here, and they've given the Bengals some fits. So, I mean, I guess just from a macro perspective, your, your kind of thoughts about the Browns as they, from a Bengals perspective as well, yeah. a macro Bengals perspective, your thoughts kind of on the Browns and how they've retooled, obviously, Deshaun Watson getting more football in, under his belt and kind of being in this system a second year. Uh, I don't know. Is this a team that scares you, or is it still kind of hey Ravens, and that's really um, where the focus is?
4: I mean, the AFC North is the AFC North, and AFC North football games are, are notorious for just being ugly, grind out games. You know, you could have a – you could take the best offense in the league, and if it's an AFC North, you know, high-flying offense, and it scores 17 points in a win in an AFC North matchup. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, the Browns have a very good defense. They have two good – I mean, Myles Garrett is maybe the best 4-3 edge rusher in the NFL. Uh, you know, good secondary, um, good offensive line. The only place they're kind of lacking, I think, is in the wide receiver room. Not to say Amari Cooper's bad or anything like that. It's just that they don't. If you look at the AFC North wide receivers, wide receiver rooms, you have the Bengals who maybe have the best group of wide receivers in the NFL. Uh, the Steelers have Pickens. They have Deontay Johnson. They brought in Allen. They're Robinson. up there. Yeah, yeah. the Ravens uh, brought in OBJ. They drafted a guy in the first round, Flowers, I think, in the first round. Uh, and they still had somebody. I'm sure they have somebody. They also have a great tight end, um, and uh, you know. So I think the 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 Browns have the worst group of receivers in the AFC North. Not to say they're bad; they're just they don't rank as high. But they also have Nick Chubb, who I think is one of the best running backs in the league. Um, so yeah, I they they do scare me. Um, but it's all gonna come. It's all gonna come down to Deshaun Watson if he is who they paid him to be, which is still. This in this the contract is outlandish to me, but if they paid him who if if he is who they paid him to be, then they could be scary. But I don't think top to bottom this team is as good as the Bengals are. I I mean, I don't. I think the Bengals are better in every way, but it's the AFC North.
1: Elijah Moore, yeah, Elijah Moore was added. Um, Donovan Peoples Jones, the guy that just Mm -hmm. has routinely destroyed the Bengals, especially Mm -hmm. with Baker Mayfield. Um, yeah. he's, he's still in the room, Anthony Schwartz. He was a draft pick a couple of years ago. Uh, Jakeem Grant, I think was added as well. So those are some of the names in there along, of course, with Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore being kind of the big, the big name right. there. But as you look at this article I've, I've put up here, um, then this is on dogs by nature, the Cleveland Browns SB nation site. Um, Stefanski, Stefanski discusses and notes Deshaun Watson has quote, quite a bit of input in the system. Now, I don't know that that was necessarily the, I, I you know, I'm not, I don't cover this team as intimately right. as I do with the Cincinnati Bengals, but I, I don't know that that was so much the case last year because everybody was kind of playing catch up and he was suspended and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And now I think with an additional full off season, and then, you know, it's, it's literally says on the tweet here, uh, changing of the offense, um, right. You know, I, I think this is kind of a new, new element here and potentially one that does go well and say, Hey, you know, Deshaun, what, give us some things that you think you do well and what you think would serve us well as a, as a team.
4: Right. In an offense. Yeah. I mean, and if that translates to wins, uh, I mean, I know in one of Watson's best years in Houston, it didn't really translate to a lot of wins on the, on, you know, uh, on the stat sheet and stuff. It's clear that he's a talented quarterback. Um, you know i i think that he could be dangerous for the for the Bengals um you know it's it's afc north football it's ugly football that's how i expect all these games to go with afc north is just ugly football i don't expect any nfl team or any afc north game to be a shootout where it's like 40 something you know remember do you remember the Bengals browns games where it was or the Bengals Browns game several years ago it was like 43 to 42 or some crazy do you remember that? Well, there was that one and then there was
1: like the yeah the 50 51 yeah.
4: To, yeah and that was that
1: I mean there were nobody could stop anyone on defense and I think really what yeah. ended up ending that one was the Delph O'Neill pick six of all things right, right? it was right like, right no, nobody could stop anyone with with defense and then <laughs> that's how I that think one that's
4: was. I think that's the outlier for for AFC North football. It's it's mostly ugly, you know, some turnovers. I expect rain for some reason, just bad weather. You know what I mean? Just That's just yeah. AFC North football. So every team that AFC North, I think, is scary. I think the AFC North is the best division in football. So, yeah. yeah. Yep, I but, agree. Let's move on to those lovely, lovely Steelers and some
1: – some news with them here uh where do we want to start here well let's talk because joe mixon's contract has been kind of the talk of bangle circles mm-hmm. here Najee and harris is now among one of the nfl running backs on saturday's zoom call discussing suppressed contract market uh, per reports there and obviously i think maybe saquon barkley i don't want to miss you know joe, mixon was, on
4: yeah. joe yeah. mixon was in there yeah. yeah so
1: there are a lot of different guys in there saying you know hey we're I look, there's a devaluation of the position. There's no doubt about it in the mm-hmm. NFL. Um, and I, I think, you know, teams look at it, it, it from a pragmatic standpoint and say, look, I mean, we can get guys who can contribute on, you know, quickly on a rookie deal that right. give us, you know, the same kind of production that a running back on their second or third big contract. Well, yeah, their, their first big contract after their rookie deal or their second right. big contract after the rookie deal. Um we we can get similar production from these young guys but you know i mean these guys are saying hey well, i mean we're they're taking the brunt of the beating quite honestly right. i mean if sure. you're if you're carrying the ball 30 times and, and catching it another five to ten i mean you're you're getting tackled most likely unless you have a great game, <laughs> great game right. um i mean you're getting tackled and hit pretty hard probably 37 plus times on 40 touches yep. right um yep. so you know i I, I see where they're coming from on this, but uh, Steelers Najee Harris, I think he was one of, if not, I, I, he's kind of one of the leading voices. I think on this deal,
4: yeah.
1: but uh, yeah.
4: Well, I think there's a few things that have been responsible for for the dev, the devaluation of the position, and one is that quarterbacks have been more mobile. Is you have you know Lamar or uh, you have Jackson, you have Jalen Hurts, Burrow can run if he needs to. There's there's a lot more like Carson Palmer, where his feet were made out of concrete. And if he you know what I mean, just where he had to stand there. Like those guys and they still exist, but but there's this new wave of quarterbacks who can get things done uh with their legs as well if they need to, even if it's not running downfield, you know, like like um Jackson or like uh uh Fields do in Chicago. You know, like Burrow can get things done downfield if he needs to, but he's so good at moving around in the pocket better than Palmer ever could have dreamed of being, you know. I think I'm faster than Palmer and I'm, I'm not fast at all.
0: <laughs> um,
4: but so there's that. And then there's the fact that like all these, like, you know, Isaiah Pacheco is a great example. Isaiah Pacheco is a seventh round pick. He comes in, he almost immediately, he, I, he supplants the um, uh, uh, Clyde's Edward Hilaire, who was, I don't know what round he was drafted in, but it, it wasn't the, the seventh. End of the first. Yeah. And he's kind of the, the, I mean, that offense flows through Patrick Mahomes. So I mean, the running back doesn't really matter, but the running back has been Pacheco, and they don't have to pay him what they might have had to pay Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had he done really well. You know what I mean? And the, the end of the whole – this, the whole offense, everything, all the schemes now, everything flows to the quarterback. The quarterback, it, it's always been the most important position in football, but now maybe more so than ever. So offenses are scoring – with their quarterbacks. They're not scoring with running backs. I mean, there's a few, you know, Derrick Henry's uh, an, an example of a of an outlier there, but there's only one Derrick Henry. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and when he's gone, I don't know, you know, just bell cow running backs is not really that much of a thing anymore. So it'll come back. I do think it'll come back. It's going to ebb and flow. It'll come back. Everyone will be running and running their defense in like these nickel packages to stop these downfield offenses. And then someone's going to find the next Derrick Henry, and he'll get paid a bunch of money and teams will copy. That's a copycat league. Yeah, and maybe, copycat and yeah, manager. no.
1: And maybe, well, the, the thing is right now, too, is while there, there are some good running backs in the league that, you know, there's not a lot of quality, at least depth on, on offensive right. line. Right. You are, seeing, you are seeing this, particularly from that 2020 class, but you're starting to see this you know, again, a renaissance of good quarterback play throughout the league where a lot of teams have good quarterbacks
4: Yeah. because
1: of that, that's where the money's going and it's going, or it's going to go there. Right. Right. So, you know, when you have a big deal for Hertz, you have a big deal for Watson, you're having, what's going to be a big deal for Burrow, a big deal for Mahomes, a big deal. What's going to be a big deal for Justin Herbert. You look down the line two is probably going to get paid somewhere. Right. You look down the line it's good you know there's a lot of good young quarterbacks trevor Lawrence, in this league mm-hmm. so i i think you know in yesteryear you had to clamor to get a good quarterback and you could get kind of the bell cow back the big backs that that you know get you 14 1500 rushing right. yards plus another 300 on the ground type of thing or through the air rather i i think you know that that's just not it's it's a quarterback driven league right now it always is a quarterback driven league but Especially right now, and I think that's why these guys are, you know, suffering a little bit on that. Yeah. And you see here, Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, um, they were all rece- They all received the franchise tag, and that's worth just over ten yeah. million dollars. there. And we'll talk more about that there. But uh, Harris on the call with with an Austin Eckler, kind of the leader guy uh, of this thing too. So. You know, I don't expect it to change very soon, but probably in the near future. You know, maybe there's a dry spell in quarterbacks around the league, and then you know that that position kind of becomes a bit of a necessity here. Um, Yeah. Moving on, this guy, this guy is starting to become a pretty pretty good player for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that is the other you know kind of defensive end slash outside Mm -hmm. linebacker they have, and Alex Highsmith. uh, We actually had. you could blame us for it we actually interviewed alex highsmith when he was entering the draft not but it was right before he was selected and i said to myself i said you know this was a guy i really really liked for the Mm -hmm. Bengals in some capacity but as i ended that interview i said this guy's gonna get drafted by the by the ravens or the steelers this is that tweener guy i just knew it and and lo and behold he goes to the steelers i'm going oh and because he was like such a nice guy right i'm like (laughs) come on anyway Um, He's got a new big deal. And so now the Steelers, you know, to combat the great quarterbacks in their in their own division, they have Watt and they've got Highsmith and they still have Hayward and they're ready to go. But uh, his quote, a five year contract for Alex Highsmith. um, He did have a uh, gosh, he was the team high team leader, 14 and a half sacks last year and five forced fumbles. The number one goal is the Super Bowl. We've got to get back to that, Highsmith said at the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. Everyone in this locker room has a goal of not only getting to it, but winning it. That's the number one and only goal. So a big, big uh, five, what did I say? Five-year deal? Uh, yeah, 5 years old. So, I mean, this is kind of the big the big payday for him. Congratulations to him. Not great news for the Bengals or the rest of the AFC North, though.
4: Right. Yeah, and this is and with the quarterbacks coming, uh, with all these great quarterbacks, uh, you know, quarterbacks in the AFC North where they have to deal with Burrow, they're going to have to deal with Lamar Jackson, you know, they, they'll they have to deal with Deshaun Watson if if he turns out to be who the Browns hope he is. Um, you got to have guys that can get to the quarterback, which is why I think that Miles Murphy falling to the Bengals' lap uh, in 2000, or not 2000, falling to the Bengals' lap at the 28th overall pick this year was huge, you know, and um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I absolutely, I think that they that they realize that, it, you know, with these good quarterbacks and good quarterback play, you got to have guys who can get to the quarterback. So
1: Yeah. Let's go to just kind of some various NFL headlines, and then we will pop out of here. This was a scary moment, but I think he's going to be okay based on reports here. A guy that I think a lot of Bengals fans wanted Cincinnati to look at after the losses yep. of Von Bell and, and Jesse Bates, but C.J. Gardner-Johnson, suffered a non-contact knee injury, was carted off the field, but I saw multiple reports. One here that is referenced from Tom Palacero saying, quote, he's fine. And another, I think from Field Gates of ESPN saying that the MRI showed no structural damage. So it seems like he dodged a bullet but anytime yeah. you see the cart it's like or hear about the cart it's like oh yeah, right yeah, it's not well good. it's not
4: just the cart it almost seems that when you hear about these non-contact injuries it's almost always a bad knee injury so i'm glad to see that he's doing i don't i don't ever want to root for a player to get hurt so i'm glad that he's doing well uh or that he seems to be doing well i hope he's fine um but yeah those those uh especially this early in training camp man can you imagine the oh. big three agent acquisition i, <laughs> I don't even want to think about it i don't want to think about it. yeah it'd be terrible yeah yeah, but hopefully, he's and doing in, well. and in he's stuff. Doing that, yeah, and
1: in stuff that's just kind of, um, yeah. I mean, it's just the uh, drills yeah. and yeah, you drills, know, walk yeah, through stuff. It's Nothing not, important. It's not, right. Yeah. Um, well, this is uh, this is kind of a a catch-all article here on NFL.com because this is the season for uh, unveiling throwback uniforms. Yeah. The Bengals have their own white white out jersey or the black white jersey, whatever you want to call it. Um, the Jets have their legacy white jersey. We saw. I thought, and I want to get your your take on your favorite here of some of these throwbacks that we've seen. I thought the Oilers one from the, oh, from the yeah. Titans. That thing was killer. I thought that, yeah. I thought that one was awesome.
4: I would um, like to know. I would like to know when the Ravens are going to wear their old Browns jerseys, or if they're they they do not want to <laughs> do it, they're too embarrassed. No, I I yeah. love I love the fact that the Titans are going to be wearing their old oil those those old oiler uniforms were great. I love. It. Yeah, that was awesome.
1: There was that one. Um, who am I missing here? There's the Jets. There's one I really liked too that I can't remember who. Uh, uh,
4: well, the you had the alternate uniform with Cleveland's the white. I don't know if you're just yeah. talking okay. about. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That looks good. Yeah, I thought those looked yeah. really good. Trying so hard to be Cincinnati. No, I, I liked yeah. it. Though. I did. I did. Yeah. I, their all white uniform looks, looks pretty cool.
1: There was one more. I can't remember which one it was. Um, I, they, well, you got the creamsicle. I think coming back for the yeah. for the for the Bucks uh, yeah. did not like. I thought the Cardinals was very bland when they unveiled those yeah. earlier this year. Oh, it was the it was the Seahawks, the old school Seahawks one. Oh, I thought yeah, that yeah. one was really neat. Yeah, um, going back to the silver and the bright bright green and the bright blue. I thought that was really neat looking too. But it, it's cool that they're making variations for this too. Yeah. I, I like it. I like it.
4: Now, if if the Bengals, so they have the, we have the white tiger, which I love. If they do a throwback game, do you have an era of Bengals jersey that you like? You know, the Corey Dillon style. You know, with the with so the that Levy one is tiger? that
1: one is the most visually appealing to me. Yeah, um, with the, with the tiger on the on the shoulder mm-hmm. and the, and the tiger stripe right. striping down it. Um right. I mean, I I thought that was a really cool one. Um, truth be told, I like those better than the the ones they had in the you know the mid 2000s I agree when they just replaced that yep. I do really like their current ones I think their current ones yes. are very very sleek as well but that would I, I visually that's the one I like the best but I think it would be really really cool to go back at just for one game to do mm-hmm. those old school pumpkin head ones yeah um yeah and and do it on Ring of Honor night and and you know really just embrace I may I mean this year um you know I don't know. I I just see you know that you they're really doing a good job about embracing history and embracing former players and stuff. You know, if you do the white tiger one, um, obviously keep doing that a, a couple right. times a year and stuff. Um, I, I visually I like the the tiger on the on the sleeve better, but I think it would just be a really cool deal if you're able to like do the pumpkin head for one game, right. make it the Ring of Honor game. I thought that I think that'd be kind of cool.
4: I used to have an old pumpkin head helmet. I you have did? no idea where oh. it is. Yeah, I used to have one. I think it was my dad's. Oh man, I'd love to find it somewhere. I don't, I mean, this, we're talking years and years and years ago. You
1: used to, I haven't looked recently, but I think if you support the Ken Anderson Alliance, Mm
4: -hmm. you can go on
1: their shop and get, I think, an autographed either half pumpkin, half bangle striped helmet, or yeah. one, one, or the other, or something like that, from that's Kate cool. Anderson, with, and that money becomes a donation. So I, nice. I don't know if that's still an nice. offer out there, but go, yeah, go check that. Have to
4: check that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the big question, the big question is, the Steelers going to wear their yellow and black uh, stripe? Um, it's God, the God, worst, hideous, worst jerseys in NFL history. I those yeah, were yeah. awful. They were bad.
1: That those ones were bad. Um, th- I, I didn't really like the old, old Green Bay Packers uniforms either. Those are yeah. pretty hideous. Yeah. And then the ones that the Jets had when they were the quote unquote Titans, also that like what what was that one like a brown and blue or something like that one was that color scheme doesn't match. Oh oh yeah Yeah. all that stuff yeah yeah oh it plays well on a black and white TV I think but not yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. not not 4K don't don't bring that to 4K TV yeah yeah um all right. Last one, kind of tying into, and of course, if you have anything else you'd like to chat about, Jason, I am game. But this okay. is on NFL.com. But uh, Josh Jacobs, even though he got the franchise tag, he is not reporting to Raiders training camp after not getting a long-term deal. Austin Eckler, you know, kind of is at the forefront of this, you know, yeah. think tank for the for the position group, and I guess Josh uh, Josh Jacobs, who has had a pretty solid career since joining the NFL. Um, he's, I guess, kind of the lead man in terms of, Hey, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not playing under this thing. You know, I, I want a long term yeah. deal. And so I don't know, as you know, teams kind of usually do, they often cave to this, but I don't know, just based on this position that that's going to be the case here.
4: Sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't know with running backs have almost no, um, um, I'm trying to think of the word. They, they have almost no leverage. leverage. Yeah. I mean, last year he had 1,653 yards, 12 touchdowns. He had added 53 receptions. Uh, he had a career year, you know, um, he's only had less than a thousand yards once. And that was in 2021. And I think he was hurt. Uh, he should be, you know, in line for a huge extension, but I, I mean, I don't, I think it would be the, the Ravens see it as against their best interest to pay a running back, a ton of money. And, uh, you know, based on the way the NFL is right now, you can't really blame him that much. I don't think Josh Jacobs has a ton of leverage. I have no idea what their running back depth looks like, but it wouldn't if he doesn't play and I can't imagine him not playing. I think it would, we all saw what happened to Von Bell when he decided just to sit out for a year and just kind of killed his career. Uh, So I think that, you know, running backs warn from that. Um, But yeah, I don't think sitting out during training camp is going to help him do anything other than, just not have to do training camp.
1: Yeah. So,
4: yeah.
1: well, that's it. I mean, we went through a lot of different stuff here as the Bengals open up training camp and training camps start to open up around the NFL. Any other thoughts or items that I maybe didn't get to, Jason, that you want to chat about before we hop on out of here?
4: Just one that I was looking up uh, before I, or I was looking up earlier today uh, for an article on Cincy Jungle Tomorrow. Um, it was talking about the Bengals' recent history of paying quarterbacks. Mm. And I don't know if you know this or not, but they signed Carson Palmer to his first extension in December of 2005 before they played hosted the Steelers in the playoffs, which is weird because usually it happens in the offseason. You know what I mean? But they signed him to a six-year 92 or $93 million deal, but it was just under 19% of the team's salary cap. And that was when you know, Mike Brown seemed to be really running the show. And that, you know what I mean? And it wasn't the Blackburns yet. And there was, it was kind of the old Bengals. It wasn't, you know, there's this, this is like a whole different franchise now. But considering that he hadn't won a playoff a playoff game, he'd only had one really good career or good year so far, which was 2005. And they threw 20% of the team's cap space at him, makes me think that it'll happen with Burrow. It, I mean, he deserves more. I mean, he deserves, you know, around 20% for him at this year's cap. Would be 45-ish million a year which i think he'll be and over what,
1: yeah and what what was what was the impetus to that at that and the timing of that because look yeah. if you if you if you remember carson palmer didn't play a snap right. his rookie year his, his rookie, right. one snap right so that that's in his third year, you're mm-hmm. extending him without a year of even playing, right? right? And what was the impetus of that? The Bengals won the won the division and right. you know uh, well, went to the playoffs. You for think the first about time in 15 years, yeah. So yeah. There, there's that, and then so now the the, the pressure to not only keep uh, keeping up with the Joneses around the league with the mm-hmm. quarterbacks that are you know getting paid burrow is taking this team now to a super bowl he has yep. won playoff games and so that's where the pressure resides now for the yep. Bengals to be like we got th- this guy is getting us next level like right. palmer did to a lesser degree we gotta you know this is our guy we gotta we gotta keep him here
4: but that year palmer signed for more money than matt hasselbeck who won a super bowl he signed for more money than tom he went brady. to one he went, he went to one. one he went to one yeah he oh, went to one that year sorry yeah. uh he went to a super bowl he signed for more money than tom brady who famously took team-friendly deals, but we don't have to go over Tom Brady's accolades. I mean, it's most do achieve. You know, yeah, cheap, uh, yeah. We, we so have an episode of of, our, of its own. Yeah, I know. It. But but they paid Carson Palmer a very large chunk of the salary cap based on one year, and it, you know, and it was a good thing. They went back to the or they went back to the playoffs in two thousand nine. I'm not going to say that he was a disappointment or anything like that. He it was good. Um, but uh, but yeah, I absolutely believe because of that. And they also paid paid Dalton. They paid Dalton six year ninety. It was one million dollar less than they paid Palmer. Now that was a much less proportion of the salary cap because it was two thousand fourteen versus two thousand five. But still, because of that, I when I kind of looked all that stuff up for the articles coming out tomorrow in since Jungle, I breathed a sigh of, sigh of relief. I I think it's going to happen. It'll yeah. happen. It'll happen yeah, they soon. pay
1: they pay so, they pay yeah, they pay their quarterbacks. And, and they pay their quarterbacks, they pay their wide receiver, they pay their skill position guys. Yeah. no doubt about it. And yep. um I think that Dalton contract was around the same time. Like Kaepernick signed an extension, if I remember it correctly. Was, they kind of structured it a little the, similarly. The and, two
4: big ones, the two big ones that year were Kaepernick and um Cutler were the big ones. And then yeah, Dalton was third behind them. They were oh. both over a hundred million dollars. Dalton was just under 92. Yeah so
1: yeah. well good stuff can't wait to to read that when it comes out when's the next uh three and out episode coming out
4: thursday morning thursday, thursday morning yep okay when, we'll what be are talking about this week do you know we'll be talking about joe mixon's new contract and kind of reacting to what's happened at camp so far and then i'll be at camp on friday and if you could have me on we'll I'll be, I'll do, put my finger in the ear and have a microphone. Yeah, and I we'll got figure it figured out. We'll I'm figure here out. live from Bengals training. I'll use my <laughs> best, my best field reporter voice. Old timey, old timey reporter. Oh, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly.
1: x Extra x Hey, I Read I all about it. About it. Yep. Yeah. We'll have the yard right. worker
4: out there. It'd be great.
1: <laughs> cool, man. Well, thanks for all that you do for the channel, your show, and the website. We appreciate you. Go check out the Three and Out podcast on our YouTube channel as well as uh on the it's on Cincy Jungle you can yep. and the audio channel and all that good stuff we mentioned how to get that at the beginning on all of your major audio platforms if you like the video stuff that we do whether it's live or after the fact you got to subscribe beneath now Jason it was beneath me before now it's beneath been out Jason
4: exactly by the uh
1: Cincy Jungle side there Cincy Jungle logo click our show icon click the subscribe button click the bell to be notified when we go live when new content is available and of course um, give us a thumbs up if you like what we're doing on any episodes. We appreciate the feedback. There, go give the, a thumbs up and a like to the Since the Jungle, Jungle Facebook page. Looks like they can follow you at JasonRG83 yep. on Twitter. Jason, okay, yep. so go give him a follow and check out our various Twitter. I, I, I'm calling it Twitter. I guess it's X now. It's
4: X. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't yeah. think Elon Musk even knows what it is. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so go, I saw somebody. I saw somebody on Twitter today, or X, or whatever, said that. You know, um, Instagram created threads, which is like the imitation of Twitter. And now Twitter is rebranded to X. So Instagram should rebrand to Twitter and then they would be the <laughs> Cleveland Browns. So <laughs> yeah. Now how can we, how can we,
1: we're not, we're not going anywhere beyond that. We got to end the no. show right there. Yeah. That's, that's classic. I love it. Jason, thanks, bud. Everybody, thank you for tuning in live. We will continue to bring you all kinds of stuff on the Orange or Black Insider on the three and out podcast, I, I, got, I got my fingers <laughs> on the three and out podcast and uh, Coach Speaking Chalk Talk for Matt Minick talking football with Bengal Jim and friends. Um, go check it out. Appreciate you all. We will talk to you soon.